And thinking back to one year ago, three days from now, so one year ago Monday, there was a tweet from a certain Elon Musk where he referred to a certain cave diver. You've heard about it on this podcast before, and you're probably very well aware of it, and it's probably going to cost Elon Musk upwards of uh, eight figures in a settlement. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 37 of the Tesla Q podcast. I'm your host TQ. Last episode was number 36 where we did a little bit of a preview before the deliveries announcement which ended up coming on July the 2nd. As always if you want to be a contributor to the podcast go to patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and do that there. If you want shorty merchandise, go to evacuationboy.com and you can get a shorty Air Force or shorty Ground Force mug or a Tesla Q podcast mug or a poster. Or uh, there's also another site from Trish. It's Omerta22 or forget exactly what her Twitter handle is, but it's the Shock Market Store. And I, I gave the address to that on the last episode. So go back and listen to that or find her on Twitter and go to her store. This episode is being recorded on Friday, July 12th, 2019. As I mentioned last week on July 2nd, the quarter two deliveries number came out and that was 95,200 vehicles and probably somewhere around 7,000 of those were in Canada thanks to them possibly gaming the the subsidies there. There was a, a price cap and Tesla, I think, software limited the range on some of their standard range plus models to get just under that cap so that was part of how they managed to reach that number and i also wonder if there were maybe some fleet sales that helped reach that number but haven't heard anything definitive about that yet that's only speculation on my part also uh, on the last episode number 36 uh, i talked just a little bit about elon musk attacking charlie grant who basically would just said the same thing that I've been saying, which is they delivered a bunch of cars, but what really matters is the financials. So that's just a little bit of a recap. Um, on July 1st, there was a little bit of back and forth on Twitter contemplating doing a future episode with the Tesla Daily Podcast, which is a, a pro-Tesla bullish podcast. And it sounded like that might happen. We haven't scheduled a time yet, so we'll see, see if we can make that happen. Apparently, the host of that show was recently on a, a roundtable podcast slash YouTube video with Galileo Russell and one or two other people. I haven't listened to that yet, but I do plan to. Also on July 1st, Ted Stein put out a link to his new website, predictableabuse.com. I haven't visited that site much yet, but the the overall idea of that site is that it's going to show examples of predictable abuse of Tesla's autopilot, of which we have seen quite a few. It's been encouraged a lot by Elon's appearance on 60 Minutes last December, showing some no-hands driving and things like that. 
On July the 2nd, there were some more executive departures, even though that was the day of the record number of deliveries. So there was a list about 14 months ago from Tesla Roddy that was of 30 Tesla executives. And from that list, 19 have subsequently departed from Tesla. So the executive departures are a big part of why I remain so skeptical of Tesla as a business. The executive departures and the insider sales seem to pretty clearly show what some of the people on the inside think about Tesla. So always keep those in the middle of your mind, I should I guess I'll say. Maybe not always at the front of your mind and but don't let it fall to the very back. Keep it in the middle of your mind when thinking about Tesla. I've actually felt a little less well, quite a bit less bearish lately than than normal. I have a very, very meager position right now. It's it's a short position, but it's it's pretty tiny. It had decayed to almost nothing earlier in the week, but I added a little bit on Tuesday and then a little bit more today on Friday. But it's still a tiny, tiny position and very short term. Uh, but I, I do reserve the right to increase that in the future. I now have on my my price following of Tesla. I've I've driven an a I've drawn an ascending channel, which I'm using as my guide for the short term. So once it hits the top of that channel might be when I increase my short position. And I've, I've posted it a few times on Twitter, so you can look at it and replicate it yourself with whatever charting tools you might use. It holds no predictive power. It, I'm just using it as a guide. So don't trade based on it unless you believe in it yourself and create it yourself so just something to keep in mind back to the i mentioned just a little bit ago the that elon basically attacked charlie grant on twitter and uh on july 2nd galileo russell and jason calcanis the mount rushmore of angel investing both agreed with elon and parroted that attack of charlie grant with their own tweets, and Galileo actually deleted his tweet, so several people screenshotted it, so it's still still out there, available to be seen if you find a screenshot. If you want to find, want to see it, can't find it, let me know. I can I can find it and and retweet it for you. Also, July still July second uh, from the deliveries report, Tesla produced in quarter two two thousand nineteen. 87,048 vehicles and looking back at the quarter four 2018 delivery report they produced 86,555 vehicles so they only increased their production from comparing quarter four of last year to quarter two of this year by less than 500 vehicles for the quarter so yes they had a massive uh, record quarter for deliveries, but their production is basically flat from quarter four 2018 to quarter two 2019. Same day as that all-time record-breaking quarter, J.B. Straubel had yet another sell of shares. It was part of his ongoing 10B51 plan that he entered in November of 2018. So he could have decided not to sell those shares you can suspend a 10b51 plan but he did not choose to 
So maybe maybe he's just trying to raise a, a large chunk of money for some next venture and doesn't want to suspend the program for some short-term upside blip. Or maybe he just sees where Tesla is ultimately heading. Who knows? But he made another sale despite the record deliveries. That night, with the record deliveries, there were a ton of Twitter accounts that may may have been bots. May have maybe they're just Tesla fans that were really excited about the record. But there was a lot more activity on my feed, and it sounded like Charlie Grant had a lot on his feed as well that night. But subsequently, that has died down. On July third, James Santelli, who was the the guest that I interviewed on episode eighteen of the podcast announced on Twitter that he's basically retiring from Tesla Q Twitter. So that's a little bit sad, but understandable. It's it's been a it's been quite a long, hard journey. I've been pretty pretty heavily involved with following Tesla on Twitter for a little over a year now. Uh, and it it can be tiring at times. That's part of why it's taken so long for me to to get this next episode out. I don't have that uber bearish feel lately which helps provide fuel to create new episodes but the process of putting this episode together has probably given me a little bit more bearish fuel so might might manage to schedule an interview for the near future same day july the third the mother of grimes the musician who has been dating elon musk for most of the last year plus tweeted that a battery pack replacement for a Tesla only costs about three to $7,000, which sounds very inaccurate to me. If they actually can replace a battery pack for that cost, they, they really should shift their business model and start supplying battery packs to other manufacturers. And they could sell tens of millions of battery packs and really advance the EV future, which is what is claimed to be the mission of Tesla. So the fact that they aren't doing that makes me think that that number is highly inaccurate. My guess and what I've seen a lot of other places is that a battery pack replacement for a Tesla is more like upwards of 15,000, maybe even 20 to $25,000. So that sounds more accurate than three to 7,000. If they can do it for three to seven thousand, maybe that's maybe that's part of what the battery investors day that's coming up is going to be about. Maybe they maybe they maybe they'll shock me and they've found some way to have greatly reduced the battery pack cost. And maybe they're going to shift their business model. Who knows? I, I have my doubts, though. On July the 4th, the holiday, the celebration of America's independence, Tesla Charts tweeted a simplified methodology for estimating Tesla's profit based on all the other costs, breaking it down to just what their automotive gross profit needs to be to to be profitable. And I used that methodology. And from that, I came up with an estimate of about a $380 million loss for Tesla for quarter two. Subsequently, I think that might be a little more bearish than reality. So we'll see. I've seen quite a number of, of estimates on Twitter, and they seem to all be centering around a loss of about $350 million to $450 million for quarter two. And that's on a, 
a gap net income basis. So over the the past week, I've I've started to think that that might be a little more bearish than than reality, based on not much really, just the fact that there may be some self driving revenue that Tesla's able to to realize, and they may may pull some other strings somewhere else. I don't know. July the 5th, which was last Friday, there was an update on the GoFundMe page for the Skabushka restraining order case with Tesla. And from that update, the judge has requested that Tesla produce any video associated with the claims that they made when they filed for the restraining order. There was actually an update today, which I didn't see until I'd put my notes together for this episode, that... Tesla apparently changed uh, representation on Wednesday, July the 10th, and the new representation has filed a request to delay or or not require the that Tesla produce that video. So we'll see what happens with that. the The next date was scheduled for Friday, July 26th, in that trial. Uh, another thing that they requested in this update today, or as of yesterday, the 11th, I think, was that the video not be accessible to the the media and public. So part of what Skabushka's lawyers, which includes Montana Skeptic, part of what they've requested is that that not be the case, that that the public actually be able to, to see the video. So I'll get into that a little bit more on a, a another item in this episode. On July 6th, left-hand poll put out on Twitter the results of his Monte Carlo analysis for quarter two. And from those, from that analysis, he estimated that there's a 5.47% chance that Tesla will report a profit for quarter two. The, his base case was negative 233 million. His bull case was negative 85 million. And his bear case was negative 381 million which ironically enough was just a couple million off from my estimate using the simplified Tesla charts methodology on the 4th. So we'll see see how accurate that Monte Carlo analysis ends up being. I, he had done one for quarter 4, 2018, and for quarter 1, 2019. And I don't remember how close he was on those, but that's something to go back and look at in the future. On Saturday, July 6th, also, there was... Uh, a thing that I saw somebody, I forget who posted the, the article link, but apparently Walmart is going to be putting some electric vehicle chargers at their stores. Some of their stores, maybe not all of them on Sunday, July 7th, I watched the documentary framing John DeLorean, which also included Alec Baldwin playing the role of John DeLorean. And of course I noticed some similarities between DeLorean and Elon Musk. One of them was the, what I would call, subsidy truffle hounding. So DeLorean ultimately selected Northern Ireland as the location to build the, the DeLorean vehicles, the DMC-12, which you've probably seen it uh, in Back to the Future. That shouldn't be news to anyone listening to this. The main reason that Northern Ireland was selected was because of the subsidy offers that they got to put the factory there. Another thing was that uh, part of the partnership with the guy from Lotus that DeLorean had, they uh, 
the money from that agreement ultimately ended up in DeLorean's own pocket. There were another number of other similarities. One of the main ones was where somebody pointed out that that uh, DeLorean's early success when he d- created the, the GTO and, and to some extent may have started the muscle car era back in the, the 60s with that move, uh, which turned out to be very successful, that based on getting lucky with that move, or maybe it was, maybe he really did have some, some future vision, but it, it probably caused him to become a little overconfident in his decision-making and ability to make huge breakthroughs in the future, which, which may have caused him to get a little bit ahead of his actual capabilities. And with Elon Musk, that, that seems to be the case as well. On Monday, the July the 8th, there was a news story about most Tesla owners being men. I actually didn't read the story, but some of the reactions to it were pointing out that, that some of the male Tesla owners might have some insecurities and might be purchasing the, the Tesla as part of trying to cover up those insecurities. Another another theory that I think I saw posted out there was that that some men may be trying to attract women by showing that they are so caring and loving for the environment. Obviously, that would be a case-by-case basis, and some people genuinely do, many, many people genuinely do truly have a deep caring for the environment, and that's why they buy Teslas. So they're, the cases of insecurity may mostly just be isolated cases, but who knows? Also on Monday, July the 8th, uh, the PAVE Coalition, which is the the group that's in favor of having lots of good, solid public education about autonomous vehicle technologies, they had a tweet about self-driving, and it seemed to me to be a subtweet directed towards Tesla. Also, same day, Tesla Charts asked that he be pointed to the accruals in the balance sheet for the future upgrades of the full self-driving computers for Tesla's. And uh, this was uh, based on, or it was in response to Elon Musk tweeting that there will be a million full self-driving Teslas on the road a year from now, which, based on the fact that many of the vehicles, or all, all the vehicles produced in 2018 and earlier, don't have the latest chip that Tesla bragged so much about. So all those vehicles presumably will need to be updated to have this new chip. And as far as anyone in Tesla Q has seen, there has not been any accounting for that future liability on Tesla's balance sheet. So something to keep in mind going forward as you see Elon Musk continue to to claim that they are going to have a million robo-taxis on the road next year. On Monday, July 8th, also, there was the premiere of the Chasing the Moon documentary on PBS, and that was made, it was written, directed, etc. by Robert Stone, who's a, a very, very solid documentary filmmaker. The reason that it is being released now is that the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing on the moon is actually next weekend. I think it's July 20th, so 1969. Here we are in 2019, so 50 years later. So if you're a if you enjoy space history and stuff, be sure to watch some of the documentaries. There'll be a ton of 
ton of content on television and and other places over the next week or so. I even saw that the Washington Monument is going to have a Saturn V rocket projected onto it, which will be pretty cool. I I hope to see a good video of that online somewhere since I won't be in the D.C. area anytime between now and, and next weekend. So little into I'll I'll end that little space plug there and get back to to Tesla after I mentioned that uh, Monday was also when uh, Jeffrey Epstein the pedophile guy was arrested and there's been a lot of Elon related speculation associated with that due mostly to a picture from the Oscars in 2014 where Elon is standing next to uh, that Maxwell lady who apparently was Epstein's madam. So I'll just say that there is speculation. There, there's, there is some speculation, nothing at all ve- validated or verified, but there is speculation out there. And thinking back to one year ago, three days from now, so one year ago Monday, There was a tweet from a certain Elon Musk where he referred to a certain cave diver. And you've heard about it on this podcast before, and you're probably very well aware of it. And it's probably going to cost Elon Musk upwards of uh, eight figures in a settlement. But that's all I'll say about that. Moving along to Tuesday, July 9th, there was a story about a large number of the autopilot team members leaving Tesla. That was from the information. So... In light of Elon's tweet on Monday about the million robo-taxis on the road, this story came out on Tuesday about a large amount of the team leaving. That's a little bit of a disconnect there, so we'll, we'll see what happens going forward with that. Also on Tuesday, July 9th, there was an LA Times article from Russ Mitchell that was talking about Skabushka and the updates to, the, uh, to what the judge had requested of Tesla. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode... Tesla apparently has some new counsel and they're trying to further delay the actual production of of the videos that they presumably should have of the incidents that they've claimed that Skabushka was uh, guilty of, which I seriously, seriously doubt there's any merit to at all. There was also a tweet on Tuesday, July the 9th from Tesla Charts, and it was a chart showing that, that basically all of the incremental demand from quarter one to quarter two of the model three was the sr plus variant which is almost certainly the lowest margin variant of the model three that tesla produces another funny thing from twitter on tuesday july 9th was uh it it was just a reply i don't even remember what the whole thread was about but it was from 2170 cell so that's at 2170 cell on twitter and he used the term rocket barge landry and and that just made me laugh a little bit and and I decided that use of the term rocket barge landry should should occur much more often it's in the spirit of all the the replies have you landed a rocket on a barge bro which has taken over from stock price bro which was very commonly said a year or so ago also on Tuesday July 9th there was an article in the Guardian which is a little bit of a big newspaper over in Great Britain, and it was about some workers saying that they were fired from Tesla because they used maternity and sick leave. I actually haven't read the article, but that's a despicable reason to fire somebody. The 
I mean, companies are supposed to account for leave such that it can be absorbed into their costs and they're supposed to structure their businesses to allow that to not to fire someone for using maternity or sick leave is just a, just a despicable act. I, there's no other way to say it. I try to make whatever excuse you can Tesla fan, but that's flat out despicable. Makes me sick. (sighs) Gotta, gotta get over my rant here. Also on Tuesday, July 9th, there was a video on Twitter of a test. I think it was taken by a Tesla driver who had gone to this supercharger in Beaver, Utah, which I I think is in Southern Utah, somewhere South of Salt Lake city. And the owner of, of this, it's also a gas station, but this owner apparently hadn't been paid by Tesla since November of 2018. So he was covering up some of the supercharger stalls and I would imagine he probably, they, they probably came to an agreement by Wednesday or Thursday of this past week, and they'll probably get those superchargers back up and running. But to have not been paid from November 2018 through July 9th of 2019 is absurd. And apparently Tesla didn't reply to emails or phone calls as well, which is not a good way to run business. Apparently they do that with uh, Solar City. And some of their solar installations a lot as well. There was also a leaked email on July the 9th from Jerome Guillen, who's the president of manufacturing or something or other at Tesla. And the email mentioned that they're expanding production. So there's been a lot of speculation from the Tesla Q side that this email about expanding production is was leaked in advance of some likely production slowdowns, which... Yes, you. they will need to change out equipment probably if they are going to expand production. Also, they're probably going to try to start gearing up for the Model Y. So they, there are legitimate reasons that they would need to shut down some production, but it seems like this leak was probably just to, to get that out there in advance so that people wouldn't freak out when they start furloughing employees in the near future. On Wednesday, July 10th, there was an electric article about Tesla employees not getting their sales bonus for quarter two. And later that very same day, there was another tweet from Fred Lambert, who's the electric editor. And apparently there was a change of heart. So I think Tesla got to 99% of their sales goal. So I, there was a lot of, lot of shaming of Elon Musk that went on during that day, which may have caused him to change his mind and actually pay the bonuses. So I, I'm not, I don't, have a definitive word about whether those bonuses are indeed definitely going to be paid or not but the the wishy-washy nature of elon musk's management and strategy is noted yet again on thursday july 11th so this was yesterday there was a tesla roddy article that mentioned that there's a Neuralink event that's occurring on july 16th so that's next tuesday or wednesday i guess it's tuesday so i when I saw that that's occurring in the near future, it made me think that there there may be a, a capital raise for Neuralink in the near future, or at least an attempted capital raise for Neuralink. So be on the lookout for that. This morning, Friday, July 12th, there was a very large options trade in Tesla. Apparently it was selling some $250 calls and buying some $230 puts both of which expire next Friday, the 19th of July. 
that went through at like 9.55 a.m. So as part of that trade, whoever made the trade collected about $1.3 million of premium up front. And if Tesla were to fall by next Friday to below that $230 strike price, it could end up being much, much more. Uh, it, it looked like from from looking at the trade history that that trade may have been adjusted at a 1230 or so to a $240 strike put. So I'm not sure, not sure the full mechanics of that trade or if it definitely was all part of the same positioning, same person that did it, but it was a non-trivial amount that was transacted. Another thing from today that is kind of silly is that Pablo Escobar's brother is apparently accusing Elon Musk of stealing his idea for the flamethrower. So Elon tweeted that it was not a flamethrower, but there was a, apparently a TMZ article or something where a Tesla engineer had gone to visit the Escobar Corporation. I don't know why they went to visit them. So, and, But apparently the claim is that during that trip, he heard about the the uh, flamethrower idea and brought it back to Elon and and Elon of course sub- subsequently made the boring company not a flamethrower but uh, Mr. Escobar Pablo's brother wants to be re- wants to be paid back for that uh, alleged theft so I think he wants something like a hundred million dollars from Elon and he said he could be paid in Tesla shares as well and said that Elon knows where to find them so why wouldn't Elon know where to find the Escobar brothers? I don't know. Uh, a thing I did on my charting of Tesla today was I drew a line at $243 as a possible resistance level, uh, which was the equity price of the May capital raise. And of course, by the end of the day, Tesla closed today at two about 245 So that, that broke through my level there. So maybe it won't actually provide any resistance or maybe it will provide resistance in the future and maybe just the market makers who have sold various options positions thought that $245 would be the best place for an options pin this week to minimize their losses so who knows so that's where we are right now uh tesla closed the week at just about 245 per share Tesla delivered 95,200 vehicles in the second quarter. Also today, Tesla announced that they're going to release their financials on July the 24th. I guess we'll see if they somehow claim to have earning positive earnings. So that's Wednesday of week after next, so 12 days from now. So we'll see what happens with that. Here on July 12th, we're right around the time of a, a good number of one-year anniversaries in Tesla Q land, the whole Martin trip fiasco. I think, I think the one year anniversary of that's already passed. The Thai cave rescue was ongoing almost exactly a year ago where Elon Musk tried to, tried to swoop in and, and uh, save the day and get to be seen as the hero that he so desires to be, which ultimately led to him referring to Mr. Unsworth in a, a not very kind manner. And then on July 23rd was Montana Skeptics Doxing, and then August 7th, the infamous funding secured. So there's a a chance that I may do a little bit more of a a retrospective historical episode talking about those one-year anniversaries in the near future, or maybe I'll do an interview. 
or maybe I'll do, maybe the, the next episode will be a bull bear podcast uh, done jointly with the Tesla Daily Podcast. Who knows? But if you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and do that there. Or go find some good merchandise at the shock market or at evacuationboy.com. And I appreciate you listening. This has been episode number 37 of the Tesla Q podcast. Bye-bye.